Hello once again, welcome to Rapid Fire Sports right here on Radio Troy Digital Sports. And I want to mention one thing, that this week we have a five-star rating. Mr. Sackalicious over here doesn't like the logo. There's going to be a new logo pretty soon. And we're into week 10, and that also means a celebration for us and a celebration we haven't been canceled yet. And also, one other thing, run out on 10 different avenues of picking up rapid fire sports. That's good pretty good. That's very good. Yeah. And uh, you said we have one five star review? No, that we have a five star review. I don't know. Maybe there's more now. More. But we got a five five star review so far. Okay. So, and it, this week, by the way, with um, with our new monster drink, we've gone with chaos. I brought the drink in this week. Uh, it is not as healthy as Sackalicious would like it to be, as he pointed that out to me a little bit ago. There's really not much I do right on this podcast for no, you, is there? No, I offer you a vacation in your mouth with uh, Ultra Paradise last week, and then yeah. you bring me this. Again, nothing against the Monster Corporation and the drinks they provide there, but 170 <laughs> calories, and that's, by the way, for 8 ounces. This is a 16-ounce can. Um, and then also you have 43 grams of carbohydrates and 37 grams of sugar. So you're straight up trying to give me diabetes in this one episode today. <laughs> so it's really not good for you. It's what not you're good saying. for you, but I think yeah. it's going to do the work of giving us the energy to get through this 10th episode. Yes, 10th episode. Are you ready to get going? Because we have a lot to get over today. We're not doing what we did last week on the pick the hat. The NFL games are on as we speak, so we want fans to certainly uh, enjoy those uh, while we're doing the show, because I want to enjoy it, too. I want to go back and see how bad my Miami Dolphins are getting beat. Oh, wow. Horrible. You said that out loud. Oh, they are horrible. I mean, I think RG3's in. He's throwing touchdowns. It's horrible. Yeah. Just absolutely. I'm, I'm so gonna, embarrassed. I'm going to crack this Let's here. crack Just... open a monster for that and get ready for a little chaos on today's show. We're going to start college football on this episode, and as many of you know, me being a Michigan fan, and my counterpart to the left is an Ohio State fan, he came up with the subject this week of talking about the Michigan Wolverines. Now, if you watched yesterday, they had to go into overtime to beat a gamey arm team, army team, arm team, army team in overtime and barely got that done. So your your message was, at least from a question standpoint, is why are Michigan fans delusional uh, delusional about Jim Harbaugh? So what do you mean by delusional, first off? So let's just go over the, the idea. Why are you anti-Harbaugh? Tell me what you don't like about Jim Harbaugh. Tell me what you think uh, someone else could do better than Harbaugh. Well, let, let's start first off. Uh, I, I like Jim Harbaugh overall. The thing I didn't like, what I saw yesterday after watching the game, was I thought the idea was coming into this season there was going to be a new offense that was going to be more of a spread offense. They were going to throw the football more because they had Shea Patterson, a guy who came from Ole Miss through a little bit last year, but they said, you know what, we've got a new offensive coordinator this year. We're going to throw the football. So as I'm watching the game yesterday, what do I see? We're running into the line, running into the line, running into the line. And that's what Harbaugh likes to do. He thinks he's going to wear everybody down. I thought it was just a horrible afternoon of play calling. If Harbaugh wants to play that kind of football, tell me. But you promised everybody that we were going to, we, they were going to throw the football and it was going to be more wide open. That's not wide open football against an Army yeah, team. But, but let's, let's talk about what do you care more about? How the offense is going or if you get the W? What do you care, truly at the end of the day, what do you care more about? Well, I care about the W, but in. They're just not winning pretty enough for you. No. Not yeah, a, you know I'll take I'll take an overtime win over an Ohio State over a Michigan State I will take that over any good team but Army is not a good football.
football team. They run the wishbone offense. They're not even as good at that as Navy is. They're not as good at that as Arm as uh, Air Force is running the wishbone. You to me, you play those teams. It would tell me a bad team in in college baseball the, in Division three. Without in without <laughs> saying anything, about, somebody you won't play. Uh, I I will not play NAIA schools. So okay, well let, let's let's say that there's an NAIA school out there called I don't know Sisters of the Poor. All right, if you're supposed to go in and beat Sisters yeah, of the Poor, yeah, but you can't compare that to Army. Army is a much improved football team. Yes, they should go in the big house and it should not be a close not, game. Not what I'm talking about. Playing a Big Ten team on their home field and Michigan is ranked number seven. That is not what I consider. Yeah, you can call Army every, whatever you want. You should beat that team by 28 points. But the only way you compete in the Big Ten is by figuring out what kind of team you have. So maybe that was a plan of what they were going to try to do offensively, and it doesn't work, so they make the changes by the time they go into the Big Ten. Okay? You know, you look at Rich Rod and what Rich Rod wasn't able to do there. You look at Brady Hoke, what Brady Hoke wasn't able to do there. I'll tell you one thing that Jim Harbaugh hasn't been able to do. do. In his in his five years that he's completed there, no, excuse me, four years. This is his fifth year, I believe, right? Yeah. In his four years, three of his four years have been 10 plus win seasons, okay? You know who didn't do that? Bo Schembechler didn't do that. You know who didn't do that in his first three or four years as well, too? Lloyd Card never did that in his first four years as well. So, as a Michigan fan, okay, let's look at this now. Bo Schembechler's record in bowl games, 5-12. and 12. Yeah. Okay. So, we obviously know what, what's great about Michigan and, and great about the football. They've got a great history. But are we overvaluing what the Michigan brand is to think that they need to be the number one team in the country? They're the number 17 in the country. They're relevant. They have a chance to compete every single year. That was not the case before Jim Harbaugh was with Michigan. So as I'm trying to say, the Michigan fans are delusional because he's giving you a chance to be out there every single year. Who are you going to bring in? Because before, oh, Rich Rod's going to get it done. That didn't work. Brady Holt's going to get it done. That didn't work. You brought Jim Harbaugh in to give you a chance. And he's done that. He had one bad year where he was 8-5, and five, okay? Mm -hmm. Horrible. Oh, my gosh. 8-5. and five. He's won three years of 10-plus games. This year, he's going to do the exact same thing. He's going to win over 10. He's going to put you in a bowl game. That's all you want to be. You want to have a chance to compete in a championship? Yes. You want a Rose Bowl? Yes. He's going to give you those opportunities. He's got to beat Ohio State. But guess what? No one beats Ohio State from Michigan because it doesn't happen. <laughs> All right, sacrilegious. Let's get you straightened out here. Back in the day when Bo Schembechler, and I won't talk about Brady Hoke and Rodriguez was a disaster, but back when Bo Schembechler was that coach, they did win some Big Ten championships. That matters a lot as well. And number two, they play a lot more games, it seems like they do now, than they did back then. So winning 10 games now is a little bit different than winning 10 games back then. But I don't look at the past on this. I want to know what you're doing now, not what you've done 35 years ago. But he's okay? giving you a chance. In the recruiting conversation, he's I, in the conversation I, with other kids. I, I understand the chance word, but I want results. And when you're playing a team like Army, I want you to beat them by 35, 40 points, whatever the case but may be. Army, Army aside, you don't care about Army. You care you, about Ohio State. You care about the Big Ten. You're just worried yeah. about what happened against Army. What I noticed you Ten. didn't answer my baseball question really. Who would you... <laughs> I'm not... I'm not <laughs> No, I'm not bringing that part into this, man. Well, for a fan of a Michigan, all right, if you're Ohio State, and I'm trying to look at this as a fan and be realistic as well, if Ohio State plays uh, Louisiana Tech, you should beat Louisiana Tech a lot. And that's the same with Michigan and Army. Well, I texted you yesterday. I said, what's a better program, UC or Army? And you said? Army. Army's a better program. On that day. 
Overall, though, I, I think people are, are thinking UC's turned the corner a little bit too. Ohio State blew them out of the barn. They yeah. had no chance there. Yeah. Army is a really improved team, and they're they're difficult. I mean, they're, they're hard nosed kids. They're going to fight hard, and they yeah. and they went to Michigan. And surprisingly enough, that game should not be close. It was actually the first time I thought it was closest to the time when I saw them lose to um, what was that one team, the one double A team that came in there, Appalachian State. Appalachian State when yeah. they came in there and beat them. I was looking a lot like that, but they got the win. And, and you know what? The kids were pumped up about it. Uh, what I was really happy about this is a total side note is both teams coming together at the end there yeah, um, yeah. and really um, I was happy for the for the Michigan kids to go over to the Army kids um, and I think they were doing the, the national anthem or they were doing uh, something there at the end there but I, I was really pleased to see that part of it but for a Michigan fan I, I just think that you need to sit back and say yes we should want we should want to win by 35 but when we step back saying we want Harbaugh fired who are you going to bring in that's going to do any better than what he's doing or at least give you a chance? The next person you bring in, you're going to hope that he does at least that, yeah. right? But I'm, I'm sure you're probably right on that aspect. But it still doesn't alleviate the fact that, oh, look at he's taking a shot already. Let's take a shot of a little chaos here. This is delicious, by the way. It might be bad for you, but mmm, mmm. Oh, the best chaos there is. The bottom line is for me, I want you to beat teams you're supposed to beat badly because Army is recruiting to players that are not even two-star. I mean, I'm sure they'd love to have some five-star guys. Michigan recruits to five stars. You beat one stars. You beat no stars. You beat them badly. All right? Case closed. All right, let's go to the next one. <laughs> you notice he didn't answer the baseball question. All right. All right, let, let, we're going to do early on wrestling because I found your – you give us interesting. Enough, you get. I want it. Yeah, because we're going to answer. I'm going to answer this question uh, for the three of my players. You wanted to know the best WWE superstars in each of the major sports: NFL, NBA, Major League yeah, Baseball. If you were to take a player from each of those sports, and who would you say would be the the one that you think would succeed the most? In the WWE, and I went with a few attributes I wanted to look at. I wanted you to look at physical attributes, so okay. size-wise. Yep. Um, mic skills. So who on the mic, uh, basically in, in the pro sports, I think, interview-wise, who's someone that you want to hear what they're going to say in an interview? And then swagger. Uh, pretty much every good athlete's going to have some swagger to them, and I think that every good WWE superstar has that. So yes. what would you go with there? Okay, uh, I'm going to start with the NFL, and I, I look at... I want really big, gigantic guys to beat up little guys. I think it's kind of fun. So there is a guy, Bryant McKinney, who is 6'8", 360. I think he'd be a he'd be a great, in the NFL, by the way, be a great wrestling guy in, in the WWE. Bryant McKinney's an offensive lineman, right? Yeah. When's the last time an offensive lineman was interviewed? You don't even know what the heck that guy what? can say. On a, come on now. <laughs> you just go, okay, you no. a great size guy but, there. But see, I think I, I could train him to be a trash talker and to be somebody who could do it. So I want You somebody. can train him? Yeah. You can't trash talk yourself out of garbage. <laughs> I guarantee that I could make Bryant McKinney a talker. Okay, good. What yeah. else you got? All right. You want to give me your football guy? Well, I didn't, I, for football, I think there's really two things you got to look at. One, this guy's actually already, and he doesn't play anymore, but he was already on the uh, WrestleMania, Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski would be the ideal pro wrestler. But you didn't tell me this could be past guys. You said. I didn't tell you it didn't. I didn't say it couldn't be, did I? I said, which players in the big three? See, that's why. Now, but if I'm going to go now, I'm going to say A.B. 
Antonio Brown. Oh, you put that guy on a microphone. He's no, gonna, you need to you know put what? him in and a he's psychological. Gonna be a great heel. He's going to be a great heel. Everybody hates that guy right now. Yeah. They hate him. I am not on the pro. Get out of there. Okay, so I think he'd be very good on the mic. I think people would want it, the other the, the face, which was called the good guy in wrestling, the face yeah. to beat up the heel. I think they would want the face to just take him out. Yeah, well, I'd like to take him out. We got more on Antonio Brown yeah, coming so up. There's, Sorry. There's, All right, that's so, what I got. What else so you got, got Gronkowski. Yeah, we got the NBA. Well, I'd have to, well, I want to think about if, if you want to go back in the NFL, you need somebody like an Otis Sistrunk who used to play for the Raiders. A uh, what was the Davidson guy who played for the Raiders? He's about six foot seven, had a really gruffly voice, and and he got into the movies and everything. Those are the guys I would think of. I didn't. Ed Tutal Jones. Ed Tutal Jones would yeah. be another one. The only problem is that you didn't specify that I could go back in time, which but, I think that's really. Uh, what I'm cold. excited about is I'll go back and you go forward. You give me the you give me the players of now. Okay. Well, I do have I do have one in basketball. I'm going to go back on now okay. that we think about. It. All right, so basketball, you'd have to go with Draymond Green. The guy talks more than anybody else. Again, he's about six foot eight. I think he'd make a perfect guy in WWE. I think you're 100 percent correct. I didn't think about that. That is a phenomenal answer. Great job by you. Let's take a drink on that one. That yes, is some chaos that is. in the mouth. Yes, chaos and a party too. Mm-mm-mm. Mm. Okay, I went with a guy who recently was at a WrestleMania. His name is Shaq. And Shaq, you think about him, what he is now, he could still do it. I uh, can't really move around the ring, but neither can the big show, but he still gets a paycheck. You take a young Shaq and what that guy could do on the basketball court, you put him in a ring, and he is a great soundbite. Oh, yeah. Uh, you have that, and you know who's re- you make his manager? Charles Barkley. You make Charles oh, okay. Barkley his mouthpiece yeah. as well, too. You put two of those guys in a microphone, that would bring in dollars. Yeah, it would. I think Shaq could be a great wrestler. Thank you. You know, I'm, I'm again. I don't think how much, like you said, how much does he have to move? And not much. They'll that could because it's not fake. It's all coordinated. They could just coordinate it together. Well, who, who else did you have? You said you had someone else I, in from NBA. Go back to the seventies and Kermit Washington. Because oh, he knocked out Rudy Tomovich. Knocked out Rudy Tomovich just like that, and Kermit Washington would be the man because he's a big guy. And bam! Because he he'll cold cock you no matter what. And I mean, you know, the move works because it, it did. Uh, it did, yeah. yeah. So and it wasn't fake and it wasn't orchestrated either. So it's a real thing. All right, so baseball. Yeah. What do you got? I'm gonna go with a guy who this year likes to brawl against everybody, and that's Yasiel Puig. I'm gonna take because I saw him with his shirt off once, and he was lifting before the game. Yeah. Big muscles, big guy, big mouth, and I think he has a big ego to go with it. I'll take Yasiel. Let, let me ask you, how's his English? I have no idea. So would you need to bring a mouthpiece with him? Would you have to put someone that's going to speak for him on that? Probably. Okay. So, you, I, so I, he I, can be his manager, yeah, too. Yeah, and he's got the frame for it. I think it's good. Yeah. I, I, You know, I'm going to go a little old school for you. You know would have been a great one? John Crook. You get John Crook. He'd be great in the ring there. I mean, yeah. he's an overweight guy. He could, <laughs> you know, basically be eating Philly cheesesteaks while he's in the ring there. Yeah. I, I think he'd be a good one. And he's, he's a good mouthpiece as well, too. He is. Very good. Do we have an update on wrestling this week? Did anything happen? And are we getting closer now to the debut? Of- well, I will tell you what's really cool is as you watch the NFL today going on here, you see a lot of previews for the WWE uh, yeah. SmackDown on Fox, which is yeah. really good to see. And AEW's new commercial came out for TNT. So I think it's... It's a really good time for wrestling right now. We're in September. We're kind of easing into it. Come October, baby. We're going to have some good stuff to talk about, and I'm going to get you in on this thing. Now, there's a pay-per-view next week, Class of Champions. Okay, so that's okay. next Sunday. Uh, so we'll actually have a chance to talk about that. Hey, we might even simulcast with that. We can we, might. Can we do that? Well, if you can stay up long enough. Yeah. I didn't know. I think it's illegal, though, isn't it? We're not going to show it. We're going we're gonna to show our reactions while <laughs> we're watching. Oh, we're going to watch like, it. Right then... now, we're watching the NFL. You don't know that, but we just told you because we got a screen behind us showing it all. Yeah. Well, you only have two games on, though. 
where I thought you said you had the... This is the red zone. So right now, I'm just seeing when they get in the red zone to score. So Okay, so the, the game changes over to the red zone. You get the, the teams so that as are they, like, So right scoring. now, you got those two onside kicks right there. And the Bills recovered. So that was a big play. So now, it uh, looks like the Bills are going to beat the Jets. That's a good win there. And you also, it looks like uh, the Rams and the Panthers, about about two minutes left here. So... Yeah. Be interesting to see what happens. All right, let, let's. Uh, so we got an update on the WWE and wrestling coming up. So it's time for a chaos drink. Oh, that's so refreshing. Chew the sugar. You just all you need to do. You'll be up for a while. Couple of more things today, and one of them has to do with football. You probably know, and this is going to, I guess, in some ways, coincide next to each other. But recently, a study came out about youth sports. We're going to get to youth sports in a minute. If you look at many schools, and we can be more specific in Indiana, they're having a difficult time fielding football teams. And when they are fielding football teams, they're fielding teams that have sometimes 25, maybe 30 kids in the entire program. Now, that's not the Ben Davises and the Warren Centrals and th those guys. They can always field 100 players. But a lot of the smaller schools are down to 25, 30 kids. So it brings up two questions. Number one for me, and we won't talk about the first one that much, and that is do you need a, another class of eight-man football, six-man football if you're going to keep that part alive? But is football in trouble? Are we seeing less kids playing football because of the injuries and are we going to look at this down the line? Will there someday not be an NFL? And if there is an NFL, will it be more touch football and flag football than it will be tackle football? So which one are we going with right now? Are we talking about the youth sports side of it? Or are we talking about do we think football is going to exist here? And what football, it is it going to exist in the future? So not as we know it. Uh, it is going to be an offensive game where the defensive side of things is not going to affect what the offensive player does. It's not going to hurt the offensive player. Um, I think right now when you're seeing more and more players being held out of uh, preseason football is because they want to make sure that if they're going to get injured, it's going to happen in the regular season. I think uh, that you're going to see a – I can't say it's going to be two-hand touch. I can't say it's going to be a flag football. But it's going to be something where – I mean, they've already the, – the, when you look at the last 10 years of what you could do to a quarterback and now what you can't do and what we're going to look in the next 10 years, why would we not expect it to be different? Because yeah. – you know, the, going back to the Antonio Brown, either one, he's the smartest guy in the world, or two, he's gotten hit in the head way too many times, and he's just lost his marbles. But he's not the only one yeah. that's out there that they're worried about. And I know when you talk about youth sports and what parents are worried about and all the media press, the press is not good. It's never good about what's going on. It's only the negative, negative, negative what's going on out there. So when you keep putting that narrative out there, why would we expect the sport to stay the way it is? Okay, I was watching a game earlier today, and here's what concerns me about what they're turning the game into. I, I still, from one aspect, I think it is safer than it has ever been. If you look at the equipment that some of these players are wearing, I was up covering a team recently and picked up a helmet, and first off, it was super light, but it was yet super protective. And I couldn't believe it. I was just like, these are so much different than what they used to be. So I think they're doing everything they can to make it a safer sport. But I watched the game today. A guy is still in bounds, and he gets hit out of bounds, and they throw a flag. My concern is it's just not football the way football is meant to be. If I knock a guy out of bounds and he's still in bounds, I'm going to get a flag now. I think they've gone overboard to the point 
to where you're not really even playing the game anymore. It's become almost touch football now. And I think the players are a little frustrated by that. And I, you know the risks going in, right? Yeah, I think the defensive players are more upset about the offense ones. Defensive I agree. players are not sure what's going to be called a penalty and what's not. So they they're either if they ease up, they're going to lose their job. I mean, if they go too hard, they're going to get penalized and they could lose their job. So they're in no position to be successful here uh, on what's going on. So I don't – it's just really tough. I hate to see where it's going to be going. I'd love to make sure football is going to be around. You know, close to my heart is, is not – you talk about participation. We don't have it at Earlham College anymore. Right. And that's something that is tough for us to – we're, you know, looking at a Saturday yesterday. You're working a game at Earlham. You've got field hockey. we got two soccers, and we got no football in sight. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's just happening at the high school level or what could be at the pros. I think you're going to see at every level. I mean, I, to me, you're going to see more teams get rid of it than you're going to see teams adding it. I, yeah. I can definitely tell you that. All right. Would you let your son play football? Would I let my son? I would, uh, oof. you know, I, I played football in high school one year in my freshman year. Um, and I felt like I was coached up well. I felt like I was taught the proper way to tackle and all that. Um, yes, I would say at a young age, I would see that. Um, but, you know, right now, when I do have a son that will be old enough to play that, would it be around? I don't know. But yeah. I, I would say yes in the youth because I think it's less injury risk in the youth side of things. I would see how things go from there and really see if we want to continue that on as the, the kid gets older. I agree. I would let my son play football. He did play football. I played football. I think the bottom line is, like you said there right there a little bit ago, if you coach them correctly, you coach the players how to tackle, you're not supposed to be trying to take guys' heads off. You're not supposed to be trying to take their knees out. The idea is you're supposed to tackle. And somewhere, I think somebody got away from that. The real reason why you're playing football is to tackle, not to kill each other and hurt each other. I would still let my kids play, especially after I've seen the equipment and all the safety things that go on now. Now, the other concern I have, and I'll go back to some high school football that I've seen recently, They some of these teams need to work on how to tackle now, though. They, they, I'm not sure if we're not doing enough throughout the week because we're afraid the teams don't have a lot of players are going to get hurt, so they don't do as much tackling drills. I know you don't see them on the ground as much as you used to. It used to be time you go from Tuesday probably through almost half the practice on Thursday, and you're still doing some of those drills. Now it's like one and a half days a week, so we're getting away from that Yeah, part. and you're not going to get any better by not practicing it. So yeah. it's, um, it's definitely uh, being on the baseball side of things, I feel much more comfortable about where our sport's at compared yeah. to where the football side of things is, but I definitely don't want to see football go away. All right, so we'll see. You know, certainly that's going to be something to watch. Now, at the same time, recently, oh, sorry, let's do a chaos drink. Very good. At the same time, last week, the National High School Federation came out with a report that said, for the first time in 30 years, participation in youth sports across the board is going down. I've got to ask why. What is it now that we're finding? And I'm sure a lot of people go say, well, they got video games. They've got all these other things to do, which is probably very true. Kids aren't committed to doing things the way they used to be. Why are we seeing kids not doing what they used to do? Well, I, I hate to answer the exact same thing you said, but I do think there's there's other things that are available to kids right now to do other than playing sports. So I think it's not just where when you grew up and you didn't have all the video games and you didn't have every type of media at your exposure. Uh, I think there's more things that are taking the kids' attention away from doing just a sport. So let me give you an example here. Uh, I compare youth sports right now to the movie theater business. 
the movie theater business is something that I'm worried as well too in the next 10 years will no longer exist because you have everything at your fingertips at your home. You can watch a Netflix, you can watch anything. Soon enough, um, Sony Pictures is no longer going to be putting movies into theaters. They're going to say, you buy the Sony Pictures app, you get the brand new movie. Kind of like what Netflix did in signing Adam Sandler. You want to see an Adam Sandler movie, you've got to buy Netflix to watch his movies, which are only on there for a certain amount of movie deals. Mm. It's the same thing we're going to see here soon. So, equating that to what was going on with sports, there's so many things that the kid can do. Instead of me going out and playing that sport, why don't I just be that person in football that I want to be. I want to be Peyton Manning. So I'm just going to be him in a video game. I no longer have to go out there and get worried of being hit. You know, I think as well, too, we are a culture right now that is about the here now fast, fast. So our diets as well, too, are not great. So the parents that are raising some of these kids as well, too, are bringing them up on, you know, just stay home. Let's eat quick. Let's let's eat fast food. Let's do all these things that I think that culture leads to not being one of an active culture. Yeah. Um, when you look at, you go to dinner and you'll see people on their phones the whole time. No yeah. one's conversing. No one's doing any of this stuff anymore. Yeah. I don't want to sound like the old man and get off my yard, but it's definitely the case. And so why would that not be the case? Why we would see a decrease in people being active when more people are being less active? All right, then what is better being the old man, get off my yard and let's get these kids active because you see a lot of commercials on television get out with your kids and be active and at the same time we're letting them stay home and around the table and we're all just on our phones or at the restaurant doing what you just said so why are we going in a direction that you can tell is not good for the families and when i'm not going to try to get too social here it's probably not good for the family it's not good for the kids to sit around and be 300 pounds and be 11 years old and not being active why are we saying that's okay we're not saying that's okay it's just what that family chooses to do because that's probably what the parent in front of them did as well but the, too. But, but then that if it's going to be generational generational then I am not worried about hurting a, a, a mom and dad's feelings to say, you're not doing that right. Now, I'm not telling you how to parent, but that kid is just now headed down a direction where he's going to get fat, he's going to get diabetes, he's going to be lazy, he has no work ethic, blah, 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 we can go down the line. I just don't understand why parents think that's okay. Well, let me ask you, too. How much is gym class involved in high schools anymore now? Is Not it? as much as it so used to be. When you were playing the sport and maybe falling in love with the sport because you're doing something in a classroom setting and saying, hey, I get to play this as well, too. If you've taken that away because you want them just to focus on standardized testing, then it doesn't allow that student to maybe figure out that I do enjoy doing something else that's active and, and liking that. Right now, uh, every summer when I'm watching Richmond High School doing their summer school, it's only just people walking around yeah. track because they yeah. have to make up their hours of whatever they didn't do. Yeah. How is that doing anything to help our kids? Yeah, no. You're right. I see it too. I live right there. I watch them. You have maybe four kids running and the other 25 are, are sitting, you know, just walking or they don't do anything. And and I, you're right. It drives me nuts. I, I have a hard time because I am an old man. I have a hard time understanding what it is that, and maybe I would have done the same thing, you know, 50 years ago and thought, oh, you know, video games and all that stuff. But Believe it or not, there were video games back then, not quite the way the accessibility they are now. And I did play them, but I also didn't find that I needed to do that all the time. I wanted to go play baseball. I wanted to go out and play with my friends in the park and, and football, tackle football and everything else. I didn't find it was fun to sit around and do nothing. Well, I mean, just think of some parents as well, too. Uh, nothing against, it's not one of them lazy parents, but when you don't have to then go drive your kid to practice and pick your kid up from practice and they're more willing to just sit home and, and play video games, you as a parent aren't going to push them forward to say, well, now I, I have to go do this and drive them and pick these things up and all that. If you're trying to avoid that, why are you going to push the envelope? Yeah, and you're right. But but in, in to me, that that's part of being parenting. 
we did it. We took our kids to whatever they needed to be. It became travel ball in the summertime. And there's days, yeah, you don't want to go. But we also knew for the betterment of our kids, you did it. Because it also taught them not to quit and just say, well, I don't want to do anything but sit around the house. And even if they didn't want to go, maybe that weekend they want to do something with their friends, you made a commitment. And you're going to stick with that commitment until it's done. And there'll be other times you can go do the other stuff. Yeah, I mean, you're going to see here in the next few years, too, the total number of kids. I think uh, babies born in a certain er time that we're going to be seeing go through college, the numbers are going to decrease because there was a drop in um, children. Yeah. And so with that drop, why would we expect the amount of participating in sports to be up? It's going to be down as well, too. Yeah. So it, it, It's unfortunate. And, and I think we're going to regret it uh and i hate to use the word soft but i see a lot of kids today that are soft mentally they're soft physically they don't know how to take criticism even constructive criticism uh they take it to to the point where you almost have to explain to them i'm not it's not personal but i'm trying to help you now um, you might see that too as a coach yeah, you're trying to all explain the time. Yeah. we tell kids all the time that if, if believe you if if you don't hear from me that means that that's not a good thing yeah when i'm working with you i'm talking i'm coaching you up take that take it as constructive criticism it's not yeah. a, a bad thing it's saying here's what we need to do for you to be successful yeah. if we're not saying anything that means we either you've given up on you or we just don't think you can do the ability to do that and you don't want that yeah. so uh, as i tell my guys all the time if you ask a question you better expect an answer so in this time so you you do feel like the, the players are different from even when I was growing up, when you were growing up, um, it is a different culture on there, how you go about recruiting or coaching. I mean, you hear people being old school. Old school is not seen as a good thing anymore. Old school is seen as a bad thing, which it should not be the case. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Old, there's a lot of things that when I was a kid, I would have thought, and it helps having a, some age on you and, and try to gain a little bit of wisdom. Wisdom comes from knowledge. Knowledge comes for me from understanding some of these things. I would love to go back and when those people were telling me to do this, this, and this, and I would have done it instead of not doing a lot of the things I should have done. So, all right, that's a chaos moment. We're going to get to uh, your guy here in a second because I've been waiting for this one. Yep. All right. Antonio Brown. Now, you can go back in the archives of this show when Antonio Brown was making such a big stink when he was a part of that organization for a short amount of time. That shows you their judgment for picking him up anyway. <laughs> Antonio Brown was either icing his feet in something that he got in trouble there. He couldn't figure out a helmet, though he had 35 different things to go through. Then he turns around, confronts the general manager at a practice, Made it sound like it was Mayock going after him, but we found it was the reversal, the reverse. Calls Mayock a cracker, and so then he turns around and records a conversation with his head coach, which his head coach didn't know anything about it, and yet Antonio Brown acts like the victim in this whole thing. Antonio Brown may be a very good football player, but he's not a good human being, and he's also not a professional for what he did. And I also scold the New England Patriots for picking him up. Antonio Brown ought to be taking his stuff and trying to find his way to the XFL or the Arena Football League. Anybody that picks him up, I know a lot of people don't like the Patriots anyway, there is no way I'd take him. You should, your organization shouldn't have taken him in the first place because of what he did in Pittsburgh and the a-hole he was there. He becomes a bigger a-hole in, in Oakland 
And I'll be curious to see how the uh, Patriots are going to treat him out there. Okay, so let's just talk, as I mentioned earlier, is he really that bad or is he really that smart? And let me just kind of give you an example. He hates Ben Roethlisberger. He wanted out of Pittsburgh bad. He got that breakup, okay? He didn't um, have control of really where they were going to trade him, so they traded him to the Raiders, okay? He was happy to be out of Pittsburgh, gets to Rangers camp, says, these guys are not what I thought it was. This isn't Roethlisberger. Derek Carr, good quarterback, but he's not what I'm used to. This isn't going to work for me. So he does the whole helmet thing. At the end of the day, the helmet, he actually got a, uh, a merchandising deal with this company. So he made money on that whole debacle that was. Was that pre-played? I think yes. So then he realizes, okay, I've got that thing done. How else can I figure my way to get out of this and set myself to be a free agent, not a team player person where I get I have to go where they wanted me to go. I can go where I want to go. So I can do that with insubordination. He did all those things. He did the Mayock thing, the Gruden thing, which also, too, he could be sued because in California law, you can't wiretap. So Gruden had to know ahead of time that he's taping him. He did not know, so they could have done that for him. He had been fined so much, and the Raiders had to do the smart thing, which was to cut him on Saturday because they only owed, they don't own $29 million. They own the million. However, they're getting most of that back in the fines of which they find him. He gets released. He signs with the Patriots. We all assumed that was what was going to happen. Drew Rosenhaus comes out and says, I've talked to Antonio. He knows what he's supposed to do. He knows the Patriot way. He knows how that organization, but listen, okay, how I that am. organization is run. Yeah. He's going to do that correctly. And that makes me as a Raider fan think, okay, so he knows how that organization is, and you can't do that there. But it was okay to be able to do that in the Raider organization. As a Raider fan, that upsets me. And if I'm the Raiders organization, I should be upset as well, too. Mike Mayock had to get rid of him because if he wanted to sign another free agent in his time that he's there, he had the show backbone because otherwise people are going to say, this guy's a joke. Gruden had to kind of do it as well, too, because if they see that Gruden wants him and Mayock doesn't, then they see that kind of whole thing unraveling. That's not good. They do have a lot of young players. They're not... As much as I want them to be, they're not going to beat the Chiefs this year. They're not going to beat them out for the division. They're not going to go to the Super Bowl. But they're doing the right things to get some good players there and develop some young players. So you've got to get that out of there. For him to go to the Patriots, um, it worked with Corey Dillon before. It worked with Randy Moss before. I just, I still think he's going to do something. He's going to, he's going to make a fool of himself. But where was this, you know, minus the last two years in Pittsburgh before that? You never heard a peep from him. He yeah. was a wide receiver. He did his job. If that's the case, and the Patriots got him for what they did, and you have Gordon and him and Demarius Thomas and uh, you know Sony Michelle and Julian Edelman, who are you going to stop? Yeah, it's it's crazy, but but you're running an organization. You run the Ireland baseball program. If you have a player who knows before you get there, and you say he didn't apparently know the Raider way. I don't understand why he wouldn't know the Raider way. He had to have paid a visit. He Rosenhaus has been a, an agent for a long time. He's probably had players in the Raider organization. Yeah, Derek Carr is not Ben Roethlisberger, but it comes down to are you acting as a professional, okay? He wasn't a professional at the end. Of, I don't care how much he hated Ben Roethlisberger. The bottom line is you weren't a professional at the end. They didn't want you there. You didn't want to be there. You go to the Raiders. Aren't you a, aren't you a professional? 
You're supposed to be, but the same thing. What we, we look at that, yeah. we look at Ezekiel Elliott, and Ezekiel Elliott has a contract that he doesn't want to put up. So why is he any more than the, a professional? Than I, he's not. He, he, to but me, that, that's why they're going on strike in 2020. There is going to be no football in 2020 because they're going to go on strike because they cannot allow this to keep happening. They can't let the players dictate what's going on. I agree, and and that's like if you're an employer. Here's how I want it done. If you're an employee and you want to work for employer, you've got to do it the way I tell you to do it. He has no character. And, and I'm talking about Antonio Brown. I don't want to hear all this stuff. When you, when you do sneaky things like what he did, I don't want anything to do with you because I can't trust you. I don't know what you're going to do in the future. Why would you want somebody with no trust? That'd be like marrying somebody that you knew was doing all kinds of stuff. And then all of a sudden you get married, you think, well, maybe it's not going to happen. That's bull. It, any type of former, yeah, you need, but if you, the past behavior, a lot of times what you're going to get in the future. And Antonio Brown has shown now he can't be trusted. When you start doing things like recording people and stuff like that, there is no way you want anything to do with somebody yeah. like that. And what people are doing is they're looking at past behavior, but what that behavior was when he was on a football field catching passes, and they're saying that trumps anything else that he does and, on the and offside. I, and I hate, and I'm telling you what. I agree with you. I think it's the worst. Thing. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that he's gone because I didn't want to see that for the other. Because I, it, it, Let's just say they do end up and they start going one and four. Do you think he's going to be any better than he is right Right now, he's no, he's gonna be horrible. So anything you want to build, it's gonna make that toxic relationship. And Derek Carr needs to have a big year because next year is an option year for them. They can let that option go and say you're gone. He needs a big year. He knew he needed Antonio Brown to maybe have a better year, but in his case, I'd say I'd rather I want to go with the guys who want to be here with me and want to help me. Tom Brady and the Patriots and what they can do. I'd hate to see it be successful. I do think it's going to be successful. I think he's going to be able to be a very productive player for them starting week two. And the message that sends then is that I can go out here and I'll dictate how I want to act. I'll dictate what kind of character I have. You can't say anything about it. And it's, I don't think it's good for the league. I don't think it's good for sports. I think youngsters see stuff like that. They think they can do it in college. They think they can do it in the lower... I just think it's a huge mistake. If you don't get get rid of cancers like that, it's a cancer everywhere. Okay, I, I can't, and it drives me nuts. I just cannot stand guys like Antonio Brown. And I, you know, he didn't care what I had to say, and I frankly don't care what he has to say anymore either. And but if you're going to be a professional, be a professional. That's all I ask you to do. And I'm not saying there aren't guys. Ezekiel Elliott's a prime example. I told you last week, I'd trade him or cut him. You know, if you don't want to play here, don't play here. You want to go someplace else and make your money, you're not going to make it off of us because you are you signed a contract. Well, yeah, they uh, Live by the contract. They both did. They both signed the contract. If, you, if Antonio really didn't want to go there, don't sign the Raider contract. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott, it, you signed a contract as a rookie contract. Yes, it stinks that that's what you're stuck into, but that's what you're stuck into. And you had $12 million you were going to still see. Dak Prescott, as we said, was under a million dollars, who will hopefully be signed here soon as well for the Cowboys. But they, they're going. you look at all these things, to think that the NFL is not going to strike with what's going on right now, yeah. I am tired of... To me, when you sign a contract, no matter how bad it is later, you signed it early, and you're going to put in that time until you've done with that contract, and then you have the negotiating rights. Now, I know they have such a short window to play and all that, but I'm just so tired of seeing these players sign these contracts and then back out of them before they see the end of it, when at some point you said, this is a good deal for me. Well, then, you know what? If you don't like that deal at the end of it, 
write in your contract that you can opt out in three years to do it. And if yeah. they don't like it, they don't have to sign you. You can sign with someone else who will give you that. Yeah. If you're good enough, they'll give you that opportunity. One other thing before we go, and you said something about the performance on the field for Antonio Brown. For many people, trumps his character and his professionalism. That reminds me, and this is going to make some IU fans upset, Bob Knight was the same exact way. Just because he was winning some national championships, and yeah, he was making money for the school, and he was doing good things at the library, and he was doing this, but he was a jackass, and he was a big-time jackass, and the way he treated people and his character was just almost to the point was unacceptable. But everybody put blinders on because they were winning. So to me, the people that allow that to happen, you're just as bad as Bob Knight. You know, if you're allowing him to do that to people, I think it's inexcusable. And for IU to have tolerated, of course, their president was afraid of him. Everybody's afraid of big, bad Bob Knight until they finally just pulled the plug and said, we can't do it anymore. Especially in the video came out of him choking Neil Reed. So, yeah. And when we talk back to that old school, that's what old school is seen as. That's not old school. Yeah. That's not old school when you're physical with players. Old school is you're able to give them tough love, but the love part is still part of it. When you're physically abusing kids and, and college students, that's not the way it should be. So there's a difference on that part on the old school side of things, but you're absolutely right on just what some people allow others to do because of who they are. I, I got one last point. I'm out of here. I've got to because it, it, it was closer to home here in Richmond too, where people got to the point where winning was more important than character and making sure you're not almost breaking the law and doing some other things you should have been doing. And then you became verbally abusive to people. And then everybody's like, well, what's the big deal? Well, it catches up with you and it caught up with him again. And everywhere he went, it was another story of doing stuff he shouldn't be doing. And it got him one more time. I won't mention names, but it got you again. So, all right, we got to get out of here. We've gone too long but it was a good day for chaos. We'll be back next week. It'll be week 11. Um, do want to mention again, we have it on 10 different avenues. I didn't bring them with me, but you can catch the podcast, spread the word a little bit. We want to make it to 12 and 13 and 14 because, like you said, when we get to October and wrestling starts doing what they're doing, oh, yeah. it'll be more fun. I might get more than one segment. You might. Yeah. Well... I did give you the lead segment on the Jim Harbaugh this week. You did because you, you knew you wanted to see where I was going to go with that. I did, yeah. yeah. Which it was an it was a flimsy argument, but nonetheless, it was an argument nonetheless. Okay, hey, we'll see you next week. Okay, all right. Listen, thanks for being with us. This has been, as always, Rapid Fire Sports. We'll see you next week. I'll give you the lead segment.